Hey everyone, welcome to season two of the Discipleship Journey. We're so excited that you guys are here with us today. This podcast is designed to help you discover that a deeper relationship with God is now within reach. You will hear from some of our contributors as they read the Word of God and give you thought-provoking questions to help you consider how does God want me to develop this season and to help you grow in your relationship with Him. If you're interested in following along, you can find the PDF printout on the show notes, along with also our four-day-a-week Bible reading plan and other tools to help you develop. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Jake Silver, and we're in week six of the Discipleship Journey. Today's reading is from Romans 8, 18 through Romans 9, 1 through 13. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too await with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with him. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, 
Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Chapter 9. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who are truly born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Week 6 Journal Entries What a powerful declaration of the glory that is ours if we just accept the gift Jesus so freely and lovingly offers us, no matter our past. God knew us before we were born, and so he appointed us beforehand to be shaped from the inside out into the very essence of Jesus. We have no hope of achieving this on our own, and all of hell is trying to keep it from happening. But God wants to transform us continually and internally to be like Jesus. This is more than him helping and saving us. This is moving from sanctification to glorification. This is God wanting us to be like him. The result, Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Think about that. It means we come out of hardship and suffering stronger and wiser than we went in. We can't be separated from Jesus, not by trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or anything else the enemy of our souls can throw at us. For those who have faith in Jesus, there is nothing that can separate us from him. Amen. Week 6 Discussion Questions Question 1. What do you think Paul means when he writes that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God? Romans 8, 21. Question 2. 
How can we allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for us when we do not know what or how to pray? Romans 8.26 What does this look like in your own prayer time? Question 3. When times are darkest and things look bleakest, how do we hold on to the promise that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose? Romans 8.28 As you look back on your life, recall a time when this truth has played out. Thank you for being a part of our discipleship journey. If you want to keep up with us throughout the week, follow us on our socials or check out our website. Links will be on the show notes. See you in the next time. Scripture quotations marked NLT are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation, used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188, all rights reserved.